Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? shaking my head because I'm listening to every word of that song and I'm like, yeah, we're going to let these words fall out. We're going to get real. We're going to tell it like it is. John, thank you so much for producing this show and being with us here today. Oh, thank you, Sugar. Thank you, Sugar. we got a show to do here, though. Yes, and just we listen do. to the music, right? No, we're just going to compliment each other pretty much the whole time. <laughs> Um, and, but part of that compliment, I got to say, I got to give a shout out to Miss Reagan Kramer. Thank you, Reagan, for coming on the show with us and co-hosting with me today. What a privilege to be here. I can't wait to hear from our guests today. Shug. Oh, my goodness. I'm hanging on. I'm putting my seatbelt on because we have got some stuff to talk about. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to thank you for tuning in and listening to him for her radio. It's H-I-M number four her radio. We are broadcasted throughout the United States in select cities. And if you don't catch us live, then at least catch us on iTunes and some of our past shows. And one of the women that we have on here, we've had on a past show. And so if you want to allow us to bring the gospel of Christ to the darkest corners of the world through this radio show, would you go to himforherministries.org? H-I-M number four, ministries.org. Donate. This is a listener-supported show, and we are telling it like it is. There is no other show like this one. Amen? Amen. And so, Reagan, would you please introduce our guest that we have on today and our topic? Nagme Panahi. Welcome back, Nagme. Thanks for having me. It's so great to hear your voice. We're so thankful to have you join the show And uh, the rest of the show that we're talking about today on part two, we're going to discuss reaching out to Muslim women in the USA. So listen up, ladies. It's going to be amazing. Nagme, um, you are an amazing woman. You have a story that's unbelievable. And you're an American Christian who has been on the front lines crying out to receive freedom for your former husband, Saeed Abedini, from an Iranian prison. Through your tenacity and perseverance, you brought worldwide attention, not only to Saeed's imprisonment in Iran, but also to the plight of persecuted Christians worldwide. Nagme has spoken on national television in front of a couple presidents, and through all of this, no one knew Nagme was behind the scenes and had a history of being abused in her marriage and even verbally threatened from Saeed when he was in prison. She secured safety and freedom then for herself and children after he was released from prison. And if you want to hear more about her story, listen to part one of her show, Reaching Out to Muslim Women in the USA, on iTunes or himforherministries.org. Amen. And she did a great job on the domestic abuse uh, show that we did as well. You know, I just feel so honored, Nagme, to have you with us. You know, this is an area of controversy today in America. This topic that we're talking about, people got fears. I mean, I was asking women all over the place, what are your fears about 
the the Muslim, you know, Islam, the faith, you know, everything. Let's just let's get real. And can we talk? Isn't that what Joan Rivers used to say? Can we talk? You know, people have fears and uneducated, biased opinions of the Muslim culture. So part one, we talked about what some of that foundational information is so we can today get to some of the really exciting news, which is reaching out with the love of Jesus Christ to these women. Nagme, you have got a corner on this. You work with women, and not only in the past in Iran, as well as here in America. And you shared with me um, Matthew nine thirty six to 38, that it speaks to your life, and we need to hear this scripture. Would you share a little bit about that with us? Well, when I think about evangelism to Muslims or evangelism in general, I, this always comes, this Matthew nine thirty six to 38 is something I think about all the time. I pray about all the time. It says, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them. That's Jesus. I think and when we see when we see Muslims, what do we feel? Do we feel fear? Do we feel anger? Do we feel insecure? Um, what is our feeling? And if it's not compassion, if we're not seeing them as distressed and helpless, like the Bible says in Matthew 9, 36 through 38, um, that's the way Jesus saw them, that they're without a shepherd, they're sheep without a shepherd, then we're not seeing them correctly. And we should ask and pray that God would give us His eyes to see the lost, and especially these Muslims. And once we can see what He sees, then evangelism becomes easy. Because what happens when you see a helpless person? What, what happens when someone falls down and is bleeding? You run and you help them get up. So if we're not seeing them as they as God wants us to see, then we won't be helping them. But Amen. And I'm going to read the, I'm yeah. going to read the scripture from uh, Matthew nine thirty six thirty eight. If some of our listeners aren't familiar with it, this is from the NIV translation. When he, which is Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, "The harvest is plentiful." But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into this harvest field. And you are addressing the fact that those of us are like sheep, are harassed and helpless. Can you go into more detail with that? Yeah, we look at Muslims and we think they're they're all put together. They're set in their ways. But really, I've gotten to know each family I get to know and become friends with. They are they are harassed and helpless, and we are. But we have a shepherd. We have Jesus. But those who are, who are without Christ are without a shepherd, and they're in great distress. And so once we can see that and that we can see that the harvest is true, truly plentiful and it is his harvest, as, as mm-hmm. verse 38 says, then all we are is really workers. It's there. All we have to do is pick it. And all we really have to do, God has called us to do, is share the gospel. He's the one that brings the harvest. But we have to see it for what it is. We have to see that these people are distressed. They're not all put together. Their lives are not perfect. And that the harvest is plentiful. It, it really is. It's, it's the, the workers that's lacking. Um, I do want to say, as, as I've gotten to know all of these Muslim families, and I, I get to know them very closely and personally, every single woman is dealing with anxiety, mm. depression, um, they're, you know, it's, they share so much things with me and that then it becomes easy. Then you say, well, this is what Jesus, who Jesus is. And you point them to the source of peace and comfort. So the, the more you get to know them, the more you see they are not put together. They are going mm-hmm. through a lot and, and that, you know, and, and, and God gives you the words and the scripture to speak to them, to, to point them to Jesus. Mm, amen. And I think it's so important for us as Christian women to pray for those opportunities. We may not be 
um, in a neighborhood where there's a lot of Muslim women. There might be. But for instance, I was walking through Target last week just as a practical, from a practical standpoint, and there was one walking in front of me, a beautiful Muslim woman, and I was just praying, Lord, how would I approach her? You know, I had no reason to her. How would I speak to her? And my question to you is, what are the next steps to reach out? I mean, even in that practical part of Target or in the parking lot? You know, that's something that um, amazes me. You know, a lot of people, when they go to another country, um, you feel isolated and alone. And someone from that country, when they come up to you and talk to you, you actually get really excited and happy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people I take into these Muslim refugees are surprised how receptive people are. Um, The kids run around you. They want to talk to you. They invite Mm -hmm. you to their house to eat with them. Actually, just reaching out and talking to them in in the grocery store is actually, first of all, a lot of them come from warm cultures, so you're not breaking their bubble. You're not overstepping your boundary if you go talk to them. Second, they're so receptive. They will uh, invite you to their house and they will say, can you come, you know, have tea with me? Can we talk about, you know, um, they really are. They love to open their homes up for coffee or tea and depending on which country they're from or having a meal with them. They love it. That's what a lot of African countries do. A lot of Middle Eastern countries do. So don't be afraid. You know, pray, like you said, Chuck, is a big, it's huge and pray and then take a step. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a faith and trust in God and, and just say, hey, you know, where, where are you from? I see, you know, um, uh, how are you feeling? Is everything okay here? I would love to get to know you more. You know, I have kids, like I bring my kids along um, to a lot of these neighborhoods and kids gravitate towards me. So, you know, a lot of times I'm like, I have kids. I would love to sit down with you and your family and um, just go talk to them. They are so receptive because they're so lonely. Most of them are in culture shock. They feel isolated. They feel alone. They feel judged. Um, so they are actually very open when you reach out and talk to them and ask for their numbers or say, hey, you know, you know, I would love to sit down and have a coffee with you and talk. You know, I got to give a shout out to our uh, listeners, women out there that are in the suburbs and, you know, you're thinking you're, this is kind of comfortable. I am afraid. I can't reach out. I can't share with her in the parking lot. What if she decides to take my kids? I mean, you know, this is just such a fallacy. This is just so wrong. This is so against what Jesus would do. And I can hear your thoughts as I'm sitting here interviewing Nagme and and, and Reagan and I are looking at each other. You know, you guys, this is a God appointment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, possibly God is going to give you this opportunity to reach out in a very day-to-day kind of environment. And it doesn't mean you need to know the Quran. Do you need to know the Quran well, Nagme, to do this? No, and that's another obstacle. People think, oh, I need to know the Quran really well so I can converse with them. The, the reality is, you know, um, I, I think about Jesus meeting the woman at the well. He really addressed her brokenness. Ultimately, you get to know these women, you see they're broken, and you point them to the source. And you don't really need to know the Quran too much. I mean, um, if you don't know it, if they say, well, the Quran says Jesus never died or, you know, he was never resurrected. You can say, oh, I, I didn't know it says that. Let me look, you know, do more research. But um, ultimately, you don't really need to know. And if you don't know, it's fine to say, I don't know. I didn't know that the Quran said that. Let me look into that and get back to you. Or if, if they, they ask a question about the Bible that you don't know. But no, all you really need to know is become their friend, um, approach mm-hmm. them from a place of need, and get to know them. And when you get to know them, they will cry, they will mm-hmm. share their pain, and then... You just open up the Bible and it comes to life for them. 
That's beautiful. Amen. You know, prayer is where all of this is at, ladies. You know, God tells us to get the love thing right many times in Scripture. He tells us to love one another. He tells us to reach out to one another. And, you know, the most powerful testimony is not one where you're pounding Scripture over the head. It's to share the power of Jesus Christ in your life. What have you felt? What have you experienced? What is Who is Jesus to you? And then ask them questions about their faith, the Islam faith. Tell me about uh, Muhammad. Help me to understand what your faith is. Now you guys have created a common bond, a trust with each other. And, you know, there was one time I was on the airplane. I'm one of those weird people who pray over the empty seat next to me that God gives me an opportunity mm-hmm. to share. Coming back from Africa, we had just done a huge um, leadership summit for all the prisons in Kenya. And there was a gentleman who was sitting in the seat next to me flying back to the United States, and he was Muslim. And I started to share with him all the cool stuff I saw, and I asked him, share a little bit about your faith with me so I could understand. And then I shared the power of what I saw Jesus Christ do, Mm -hmm. not only inside of the prisons, but outside of the prisons. And oh my gosh, his eyes were big as saucers, and he couldn't wait to hear more. But yet he was afraid too, because of what we've done as American citizens, not embracing and getting the love thing right. Nagme? Yeah. Um, so my question to you is also if you create that relationship with uh, a woman or a Muslim woman and you want to invite them to church, do you have any tips on how to present that? Yes, I do want to address what Chuck said about um, they also have misconception of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important that it, to talk about that openly I um, and not fear um to open it up and let them talk about their misconception of us and how they, Christianity or quote-unquote Christians have done things that have um, really caused mistrust. And I have those conversations freely. It's, let's talk about it, and let's see if this is who Jesus is. I'm sorry that that's what you experienced. Uh, or or um, times where you mess up. For example, I gave one of the kids in um, one of these refugee places a Bible, and all the other kids wanted a Bible. It was a kid's Bible. And they all, I, I, I said, okay, I only have one. I'll come back. And so the next time I visited, I brought all the, all of them, the Bibles. And they took it home, and they were showing it to their parents. And all of a sudden, they came back to me one by one, returning the Bible, saying, my parents said, my mom said that this is a different God. And and then they were scared. They shut down their, they, the, the family shut down. So I just went door by door, and I said, you know what? I'm not trying to convert your family. I'm not trying to convert your kids. Um, they were they wanted one, but I said, um, really, it's God who touches hearts, and it's not it's that's not my aim is not conversion. I, but I want you an opportunity to hear about Christ, mm-hmm. and and the way I was able to talk to them, and God gave me the words. They that drama turned into such open door because they were like, no, it's okay, give us give the, our kids the Bible, and um, it's okay if they learn about Jesus. Because I said, what are you afraid of? I'm not trying to convert, but I want you to know about who mm-hmm. he is, and then you can make that decision. But um, I do want I do want to say a lot of times they think, oh, that she's befriending me because she's trying to convert me. Mm-hmm. And I bring that up. I say, do you think I'm becoming your friend to convert you to Christianity? What are your thoughts? We just have those conversations openly. And yeah, I say, no, I just good. want you to hear it. But um, about church, um, I've invited a lot of these women to church, and I noticed there was a lot of anger and fear when— um, you know, um, I would bring them to church. Some of it was fear that their husbands would find out and what they would do to the church or the local mosque. Um, the local mosque where I was going to church at was saying that Nagme is converting all of our members because 
a lot of their mosque goers were the ones coming to, our, to the church. Hmm. And so the church became fearful. What if they do something to us? Um, so unfortunately, um, I've noticed even though people seem to be open about reaching to Muslims, once they actually start coming in, there's a lot of fear. What is the local mosque going to do? What is the husband going to do? What is other Muslims are going to do as more Muslims are coming to faith? There's so much fear that the ch- a lot of churches are rather close the doors to these converts mm-hmm. and Muslims, so they don't have to fear. That is so wrong. I mean, it just it just yeah. fires me up. It is like so wrong. Like I feel like Jesus is tipping over the tables, you know, uh, with the money collectors. You know, it, and what it is is that the fear and the anger is not with the Muslim woman; it's with the church because they don't know. They they you know they watch the news, they see this uh, terrorism, they th- see things going on, and rightfully so, they have a fear. But we need to get past that fear and see that God has brought these Muslim beautiful women to our country to give us an opportunity to get the love thing right. You know what? If you die sharing the gospel, hallelujah. You know, I mean, people, we got to get past this fear and past this, this rejection of what we're doing in the United States of America. And I loved what you said about, um, you know, listening and telling them, you know, tell it like it is. Hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to, to persuade you one Mm -hmm. way or another, although I am at times, but you know, instead I want to, I want to be your friend. I want to understand your culture. I want to, I'm your neighbor. I'm here. I'm next to you. I see you day in and and day out. And it's just a great opportunity to get the love thing right. Because if they see the love in us from Jesus Christ, then we've done our job, right? Amen. Ladies, if you are tuning in, this is Shugbury, him for her radio women's hot topics. And today's hot topic is reaching out to Muslim women in the United States. I'm here with my beautiful guest co-host, Reagan Kramer, and we have one of my favorite guests on, Nagme Panahi. And I'm so thank you that I'm just so thankful that you're with us here today. Um, we're in the questions. We're deep, knee deep as to what Jesus Christ is doing in these um, women's lives. Romans 10 tells us, how then will they call on him that have not believed? How will they believe in him if they have not heard? How will they hear about a preacher? How will they preach unless they have been sent just as it is written? How beautiful are the feet that bring good news and ladies, you got beautiful feet. It's our job to bring the good news of love to the women of the Muslim and Islam faith. Amen. I'm fired Amen. up. Nagme, what are some do's and don'ts of sharing our faith with Muslim women? I think the major don't is know that there's a big line between men and women um, to stay with the woman. Don't um, they're just there's just um, women talk to women and men talk to men and it, there's just a huge barrier so you don't want to i mean there has been times where i have shared i've been sharing the gospel with a wife um, i was sharing the gospel with a muslim woman and her husband came to know the lord he was mm-hmm. in a separate room and i didn't think he was hearing uh-huh. but he was the one that came out and said i believe jesus is lord <laughs> and um so you don't know what god's going to do there was yeah. another time i was sharing with the muslim family and they had uh, one of the sons had married a Hispanic woman, so the Hispanic woman actually came to know the Lord. She came from Catholic background. So he mm. God brings the harvest. Mm-hmm. We should not be afraid of messing up, you know, um, causing cultural first of all, they understand. The Muslims here they understand. If you were in Iran, maybe they would there would be more expectation. But here they understand they're in America. Mm-hmm. You don't know their culture, there's gonna be mess up. They, there's a lot of grace with that. But I think the biggest one is um, there's a few big ones, but one of them is the boundary between men and women. 
and keeping that and being focused as a woman on the woman. The other one is uh, one thing I realized is in Islam, uh, they value the book greatly. So it seems silly, but a lot of times when you put the Bible down or you treat it harshly, they think it doesn't have much value because in Islam, they put the Quran like at the highest location in the house. And um, so um, it sounds silly, but a lot of times the Muslims have been turned off to the Bible because I just grabbed the Bible and threw it down on the floor as I was talking. Mm. And they're like, oh, then. Um, but honestly, though, even then you kind of talk about the value is what's in the in the Bible and the Word of God being alive. And, you know, you, you can talk about those even if there are mess ups. But even the language, I don't speak Arabic. I speak Farsi. I'm from Iran. And I have to cross that barrier. I speak to Arabic speaking people all the time. I've tried Google Translate and it comes out messy <laughs> but you know it, it doesn't do a perfect job of translating and it actually translates pretty poorly but um i've you know the point is to share the gospel and we laugh over the those silly mistakes i've made in trying to speak to them you know um and then i you know with arabic speaking there's a great resource out there there's bibles that are half english half arabic so i've actually mm. taught through the bible um, the book of John to these women going through the book of John and, and half of it I read in English and then they read in Arabic and we talk about it and I can pick up the words and, and so on. So um, just the, the point of it is he is the one that brings the people. He's the one that God is the one that brings the harvest. He wants us to share. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, God is sovereign. He's brought these people from all of these countries for a reason, countries for a reason. And we're given a harvest right here in America with Muslims, and we should not we should not be um, missing that opportunity. Amen. You know, Scripture talks about it all over the place. In Matthew, go therefore make disciples of all nations. Again, in Matthew, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to God who is in heaven. You know, in Acts, it says, but you will receive power. Power, ladies, you got power. You got anointing and you've got power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. Did you hear anything in there, ladies, that it says except people of the Islam faith Mm. or don't talk to Muslims? No, it doesn't. It says that we're supposed to go and we're supposed to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And, you know, one of my favorite verses is in Romans when it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Ladies, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be afraid. You know, it's like letting a lion out of its cage. Allow God to do what he does best and be used for his mighty work. Nagme, how can we pray together to unite as women in Christ? You know, prayer is the biggest thing. I think um, taking time, maybe, maybe grab another woman and pray for the lost pray for these women in covering and pray for open doors, pray for boldness. Paul, who was the greatest, you know, one of the greatest uh, missionaries, um, he prayed for boldness. I understand it's hard. It's hard. And it has to be, like you said, it's the spirit of God that gives us that boldness and makes us witnesses. So I would say um, praying together as women for the harvest. And that's what Jesus says. He says, pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. So to pray together and to approach these women, once you do it once or twice and you see how receptive they are, mm-hmm. um, and they're from warm cultures, they love to invite you to their houses, it just, it becomes easier. Yes. And you, and you do it again and again, and, and then you feel overwhelmed. You become a worker in the midst of a great harvest. You know, and God's handpicked us. 
You know, that day that you're walking through the Target parking lot or that day that you're in the store, God has handpicked you. If your heart is starting to race when you see a woman who, you know, is, is wrapped as, as you have spoken and is of a faith, um, not of yours, I, I just ask that you would reach out. Just get the love thing right. Say hello. You know, smile at them. You know, ask them how they are today. Something. Just give that opening and allow God to usually mightily for his work. But you know what, ladies? You cannot do this without the power and the love and the peace and the joy of Jesus Christ in your life. And the prayer is simple. God, I am a sinner. I ask that you come into my life. I invite you to lead me day in and day out that I might get the love thing right in Jesus Christ. Reagan Kramer, thank you for coming on. Nagme, you have been an awesome guest. Thank you for educating us in this. Would you please come back again? Yes, I would love that. Thank you for having me. This is Suge Burry, Him for Her Radio, over and out.